Wow. And uh, it's just been a really impressive, just a really powerful channel for us. We've generated at least 150,000 leads in the past, I'd say, 16 to 14 months through that channel. 150,000 leads, man, that's a lot of leads. Yeah, yeah, in, in uh, just over a year. So. Hi, this is Joe Polizzi with the Content Marketing Institute, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. This is Ash Roy, the founder and CEO of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, you would probably also want to check out episode number 14, which is all about Facebook advertising. And that's part one of a two-part series. The second part of that Facebook advertising series is episode number 21 with Keith Krantz. I think another good episode to listen to would be number 36, which is all about online presence and key trends online and what this means for you and your marketing. Episode number 46 with Kim Gast, the founder of Boom Social, who's got a massive Twitter following and is a social media maven. Episode number 71 with Rohit Pargava, the author of Likeonomics and Non-Obvious, and he talks about content curation, which is a very important part of having a powerful social media presence. And then episode number 73 and 74, which is a two-part series with Darren Rouse, where he shares some of his secrets around Facebook. So I hope you enjoy those episodes. Now on with the show. Our guest today is a founder of Founder Magazine, that's spelled F-O-U-N-D-R, which started as a digital magazine based on iOS and Android for young entrepreneurs, and it was by young entrepreneurs, and it delivers material straight from the mouths of the world's greatest entrepreneurs. Founder is a multifaceted digital media business spreading the love of entrepreneurs through its podcast, its magazine, and its training platform. Nathan Chan, who's the founder of Founder Magazine, interviewed some of the most amazing guests, including, but not limited to, Sir Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, just to name a few. I'm delighted to welcome Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. Welcome, Nathan. Great to have you on the show, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ash. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the uh, kind intro. All right. Nathan, could you share with our listeners why you feel Instagram, which is which, what you've had a lot of success with in the recent past, why do you feel Instagram is such a powerful tool and how have you used it to grow Founder so rapidly? Yeah, so we've been, uh, we're doing this interview mid-July of 2016. So we've been on Instagram about 20 months now. Uh, we started on Instagram November 2014. Is most of your audience Australian, Ash? Pretty much. A uh, mixture of Australian and American. Yeah, okay. So our um, Instagram account, is, it would definitely be one of the largest branded accounts in Australia it's in the top maybe I think around 6,000 in the world now. I've grown it from zero to 830,000 in about 20 months. Wow. And uh, it's just been a really impressive, just a really powerful channel for us. We've generated 
at least 150,000 leads in the past, let's say, 16 to 14 months through that channel, generated a significant wow. amount of revenue from that channel. Uh, so it's just been incredible, um, thousands and thousands of buyers, tens of thousands of buyers. So it's been an incredible platform for us, man. 150,000 leads, man, that's a lot of leads. Yeah, yeah, in, in uh, just over a year. So it's been an incredible platform for us. Now, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. You know, I can't even put numbers around the amount of exposure and credibility that it's given to our brand and how many people just find us or have heard of a brand. And, you know, it's just really helped fuel and accelerate the growth of the business. So it's been... Um, an incredible channel for us. Wow, awesome. Could you talk to us about why it's been so successful? What has made Instagram successful over, say, other channels like maybe Facebook or Pinterest? Why did you choose Instagram and what do you attribute so much success within Instagram to? Well, um, with Instagram, it wasn't really so much a choice, Ash. We stumbled across it because I was testing many different channels. You know, yep. we're, we're all told to, you know, Post on Facebook. We're all told to post on Instagram. We're all told to post on Twitter, Pinterest. We're all told to blog. And uh, so I've been running Founder for about three and a half years now. We're a bootstrap startup. And uh, took I actually launched it as a side hustle project. Didn't know where it would go. And what happened was it took me about a year to build it up. And after I built it up and, and left my day job, so I launched it while I was working my day job, when I left – I was looking for you know some channels because I was just focusing on the magazine at first, um, yeah. only the magazine and the app. And then you know I needed more channels. So I needed to find a channel to really help grow it. And I was trying many other ones when I left my like, you know when I went out full time on this thing. I was like, okay, let's try paid acquisition with Facebook ads. Let's try Pinterest. Let's try Twitter. Let's try blogging. Let's try all these different channels. And, um, you know, I had a couple of friends that were doing really well on Instagram. So I heard a few stories that it's a powerful channel. Mm -hmm. And I had an intern that did some work on our Instagram channel. It maybe had like 100, 200 followers or something, nothing significant. And uh, what happened was I pulled up our Instagram, hadn't logged in in about a year, didn't even know the password or anything, <laughs> had to find out what the password was from a handover document this intern gave me. And um, <laughs> I did a couple of posts, like literally like three posts in a day. And in that 24 hours, I saw our Google Analytics spike uh, e-commerce sales for the magazine. So the magazine's a, it's a digital magazine on the App Store, Google Play Store, and uh, I saw sales spike. You know, we made an extra $200 or something. And I was just like, whoa, we're onto something here. Hmm. And uh, that took me down this path of really mastering that channel and just really battle testing it and uh, finding out what's working, working out how to master it. And uh, we've just doubled down. You know, I think hmm. like marketing, right, it's just throwing things against the wall, yep. seeing what sticks. And, uh, you know, if you find you know, a really good channel, you master that channel and you move on to the next one. And that's what we're doing right now. We have successfully mastered Instagram. The channel is managed by one of our virtual assistants and a little bit me, but mainly not really me touching it. It generates us at least 10,000 plus leads a month just wow. off Instagram and um, you know, generates a, a significant amount of revenue. 
And now I'm moving on to the next channel that we're going to master. We've got a couple that we're working on. One is Snapchat mm. and then another one is blogging content and SEO, so inbound marketing. So that's what we're working on right now. I think a key thing is you focus on one channel at a time mm-hmm. and then move on to the next one. Once you can automate it, you have a good process in place. So yes, Nathan, I completely agree with you. Your point about testing is a very valid one. When I interviewed Neil Patel in episode one, of this podcast series, he talked about testing a lot. And then I interviewed his co-founder, Hithain Shah, also from Kissmetrics, and he talked about testing as well. So I totally agree that testing is very important. And I must confess, mate, I am guilty of trying more than one channel at once, but it is a hard job as an entrepreneur to, at least in my opinion, it's a hard job to just focus in on one thing at a time. And I'm trying really hard to do that. And just yesterday, I told my team that, okay, you know what, we've been publishing YouTube snippets, and they haven't been getting as much traction as we like. So we're going to put the YouTube publishing on hold for the time being and just focus in on doing podcast and, you know, podcasting based inbound leads. So Mm. I completely agree with your point. Find a channel, make it work, automate it, and only then move to the next one. Yes. So you didn't pick Instagram by choice. It was just something you stumbled on. And so there wasn't any specific strategy behind choosing Instagram over Facebook or, you know, Pinterest or whatever. But you're looking at Snapchat now. So is that, again, just something that you're just trying or is there a reason you've chosen Snapchat over the other ones? Yeah. With Snapchat, you know, I look at the social sphere We're doing a decent job at Twitter. We have like 100,000 followers there. It generates us at least a couple thousand leads. Mm -hmm. I'd say under 2,000 leads, anywhere between 1,000 to 2,000 leads a month. And it's doing a good job. So we've kind of got that churning. So we're doing a good job at that, a reasonable job. And then I look at Facebook and, you know, we spend a few thousand dollars, you know, 10,000 plus a month on Facebook ads. And, you know, we've got an agency that's handling that. And I think we can probably do a better job at growing our Facebook page. I just come back from the States and what I found really interesting catching up with um, Gary V's team is they're really focused on Facebook pages, which okay. was interesting. But I think we could do a better job at growing our Facebook page, but I'm not that concerned, to be honest, because we don't produce much video content. And uh, growing a Facebook page right now is all about video content and it's only going to get bigger. But we do a good job on the acquisition, custom acquisition, paid acquisition side with Facebook ads and we have an agency that's um, quite good at that and we're getting really, really good ROI for our ads. So then, you know, Pinterest is one that I would like to try but just nothing's really pulling me to it right now and I could get someone in my team to look at it but I'm not that interested. Instagram we've mastered. YouTube, we're not really doing much video stuff. LinkedIn, I don't really know. I think unless we were running a SaaS-based company or an enterprise, selling enterprise-type stuff or much higher ticket items, then maybe and we had a sales team, then maybe LinkedIn would be decent, but not for us. Hmm. So then, you know, all we've really got left, Ash, is Snapchat or Pinterest. And I think oh, Snapchat yeah. is just a good channel. I, to, to be honest with you, have been on there for about – Six weeks, we've grown our uh, stories to about mm, closer to 2K views per story, and I have a goal of getting it to 20K views. I just believe that I look at what people are using. I look at where people are spending time. I look at when I'm on public transport or when I'm moving around, people 
doing Snapchats now and I look and and I think it can be a really powerful channel. Now, how do you track whether that's generating sales? You can. We haven't yet, but I believe in my gut that you use a channel like Snapchat not so much to generate new leads or new people that are part of your you know audience into your funnels or anything like that. I think it's more a social channel that allows you to build a stronger connection with your audience. And a brand awareness maybe. Yeah, yeah, brand awareness. I kind of disagree around brand awareness, man. Mm-hmm. Like I think the more I think about it, just saying it out loud, I think Snapchat is just deepening that relationship with your audience. So between the bridge, between the relationship of the audience and the brand or a person. Persona marketing is quite big, but you you can do really well as a brand on Snapchat too because you show the behind the scenes of what's happening on the company. You give away cool stuff on there and you just build a deeper relationship that shows and humanizes the brand. But behind you know, an Instagram post or a Facebook post or anything or a Twitter post, it's not human. It's not raw. And I think mm-hmm. from double downing on our Snapchat, and this is purely a hypothesis for now, Ash, but mm-hmm. I think double downing on our Snapchat and getting our views into the tens of thousands per story, people are going to listen to every word that we say and they're going to have more appreciation for what we're trying to build. Mm. And I just think it's another channel that we need to master. I'm a big fan of Gary V too. So when I spoke to him for an interview for the front cover of a magazine, a podcast, found a podcast, you know, he he told me, Nathan, that's what you need to work on next. So if he tells me to do that, I'm going to listen because he's, <laughs> he's a pretty big boss, man. <laughs> Fair enough. I won't argue with that. Does that answer your question? It totally does. Absolutely. Hey, I have another couple of questions, though. Yeah, sure. Twitter. So you are saying that you're getting good conversions or good leads from Twitter. Man, I've found it to be absolutely dead in the water. I do get a lot of people following me on Twitter and I get a lot of interest and people retweet my tweets, but maybe I just haven't worked out the best way to convert those into leads. What's working for you on Twitter to convert them into leads? Yeah, simple, man. So you use a tool by my friend. It's a really boss tool. It's called Social Quant and it allows yeah. you to automate your following and unfollowing. Oh, yeah. Social. So here's the thing with Twitter, right? And everyone's been doing it since the test of time. I've only been doing online business. I've only been an entrepreneur for, what, three and a half years, found as my first business. But one thing I can tell you is ever since Twitter's been around, hmm. a lot of people grow their Twitter just by following other people. Mm-hmm. Like as dumb as it sounds, it works. And that's what, you know, even Guy Kawasaki, you know, there's a reason. I don't even know if he has it anymore, but at one point in time, he was following 300,000 people. Everyone does it, man. So the real goal is to follow people that are of relevant, that have an active account, that, you know, are on Twitter, that are engaging, that are relevant to the kind of content that you produce. And you use a tool like Social Quant, which will help you automate that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you set up like a machine. So we use something like Edgar. Have you heard of Edgar? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Darren Rouse mentioned it to me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we use something like Edgar. That's another machine that does all the work where we build up a library of epic posts. And then all we have to do is just have that library going. And we, I think we post every single hour 
uh, on our Twitter. We've got social quant going, so that's working really, really well. So it's following people that are engaging with our stuff and unfollowing people that aren't engaging with our stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all you have to do is make sure that you do jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. Man, I'm talking a lot of Gary V stuff at the moment. I don't know why, but yeah, just <laughs> asking for the sale and push people to landing pages, bro. And then make sure your pinned tweet is a really good, compelling offer, whether it's a free consultation, whether it's email, you're getting an email, whether you're getting a phone number, whatever it is, you make that a pinned tweet. So for us, it's the free Richard Branson issue. Um, We give that away ridiculously and we use it as a way to build authority and trust for our brand and really strong positioning and people love that, man. And people download it all the time. And then we have auto-generated messages sent to anyone that follows us and it's just a private message and, you know, it feels real. Like I don't even know why I'm telling you this, man. I shouldn't be telling you this, Ash. It makes me feel like such a like stuff we're doing at Founder. We're such fakers, but that's what we're doing, man. So the private message feels real. It's something like, you know, hey, looks like you're an entrepreneur and you're interested in entrepreneurship, you might be interested in a free Richard Branson issue. It's an exclusive interview we did with the man himself. Go to foundermag.com forward slash free. And people love it, man. People write back to us, say thank you so much for that. And then someone in my team, you know, VA is always checking it every day and writes back and, you know, we engage and uh, let us know if there's anything else to help. So we're fully automated Twitter and we monitor it. So if anyone's asking questions, we write back. Okay, so the action steps for Twitter, if you're listening, is get hold of socialquant.com. I'm going to do that. And Edgar. So, and the other key is if someone does engage with your content, then you have to respond, which I must confess, I haven't been doing a great job of because I'm focused on creating good quality content like this and bringing it to my listeners. So, um, yes, that's a good point. That is another good uh, action step. Okay, now you mentioned Richard Branson and you mentioned you've got an interview with him. Could you talk to us about some things that these amazing guests like Richard Branson or Seth Godin, something one of them said that really surprised you, something you didn't expect them to say and you were like, wow, I didn't expect that. Mm. There was this guy I interviewed for a podcast a few months ago. His name was David Cancel and he's a co-founder of a company called Drift. Uh, they're mm. trying to take on Intercom at the moment. Oh, and yeah. uh, he sold his last company to HubSpot. Oh, yes. He's a major boss. He sells, like, he creates and sells companies at the speed of light. And I said to him, dude, how do you sell companies all the time? Like, how do you create companies within 18 months and they get acquired so quickly? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, Nathan, it's really simple. I actually don't give a shit if people want to buy my company or not. I just right. create epic companies and I just, I just hustle so extremely hard that people want to buy them. Right. <laughs> so, you know, this is a, a common trap for entrepreneurs because, and me, myself included, I fantasize sometimes of the thought of maybe selling founder one day for like 50 million, mm. you know, and I think you just got to stop worrying about that shit and you just got to focus on just building an epic company, producing an epic product or service and just crushing it and just growing as fast as possible. It's all about speed and, uh, That's exactly what that guy does. So I thought that was really counterintuitive. Mm. So what I'm hearing is he was very much focused on creating good value but not worrying about necessarily creating 
a company that he's going to eventually sell, but just developing momentum. And as I have heard, money is attracted to speed. So what mm. I think you're saying is it's not that he was just doing things blindly. He was still trying to create good quality products and a good quality company. He just wasn't obsessed with selling it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you've grown your brand and you've done it really quickly. You've built a list of 100,000 subscribers in about a year. Now you've touched on that. You've talked about how you used Instagram to do that, or that was by a long shot the biggest conversion tool for you. So what was the process that worked most effectively for you on Instagram? People would engage with things you post on Instagram and then your VAs would initiate a conversation or, or how did you, what was the process and how did you automate that? Okay. Just for full transparency, Ash, because I want to make sure we do this right. Uh-huh. Our list is, is 250,000 right now. And we've, we built that in about a year and a half, not even okay. under a year and a half. So I'd say about 18 months. So when we started 20 months, when I started on Instagram, our list was 2000 people. Wow. So since November 2014 to now, our list is 250,000. At least 150,000 of those people mm-hmm. are from Instagram. I can tell you that. So just wanted to get the numbers right. But sure. um, yeah. How have we been able to generate a ridiculous amount of leads from Instagram? Pretty much because we've produced content, really great content that our audience loves. And for our industry, people love quotes. Quotes are awesome. I like quotes. It's kind of a phenomenon. People really love quotes. And we've used producing epic content in, you know, quotes, startup tips, facts, and all those kinds of things at scale. And by doing that at scale, you know, we've built up a very, very large following. We're on track to be at a million followers easily by the end of this year. And what has happened is because we've had such a large audience of people that are looking at our content on that platform in particular, we've been able to ask for the sale, bro. So whether it's, you know, download the free Richard Branson issue, whether it's download this free Instagram guide, whether it's download, you know, this guide on how to connect with influencers or whether it's, you know, sign up to uh, go into this competition where we're giving away an, a lifetime subscription of Founder Magazine. Whatever it is, we've been able to ask for for the sale and push people to landing pages. So mm-hmm. the most important thing is if you want to generate leads, email subscribers, prospects, I believe that especially on Instagram in particular, you want to send people to a landing page. Mm -hmm. That landing page has to be mobile optimized. It has to be super minimal and it can't be like a really long form one. It has to be super minimal and easy to view on mobile because everybody that's consuming um, their Instagram content is on mobile, is Mm -hmm. on a mobile phone and it has to be a link in your bio. The landing page has to be a link in the bio and you have to constantly alternate your offering. That way you're not spamming the same thing because you don't want to be seen as like a spam. It's bad, man. So what you want to do is you want to alternate your offering. So like one day we, you know, right now we're promoting our Snapchat. So we posted our Snap code and we changed the link. If someone presses on that link and we know that they're going to be on their phone, it'll go straight if they have Snapchat on their phone. As soon as they click it, it's literally like, do you want to open Snapchat? You say yes. And then it comes up with us and then you can press one more button and you add us to Snapchat. So that's, you know, one ask. And then the next ask, 
is probably the Richard Branson guide or, you know, a mentor guide because we know a lot of people ask how to find a mentor. So we have many different guides and lead magnets and things we're giving away and we're constantly alternating them because Instagram moves so fast mm. that um, the news feed moves quite fast that it is very, very possible that you could post about one particular cool epic guide or one something cool that you have for your audience that you want to give away for free you could post it 20 times and they still might not see it because that person that follows you, like out of the 830,000 people that follow us on Instagram, they have to be on Instagram at that particular point in time for it to come up in the newsfeed or for them to click through to our page. So what we usually do is we keep changing the link in the bio, we keep doing these different offers where we post a photo of that guide or whatever it is or a magazine or a free ebook or whatever and then we delete it after 24 hours or 12 hours and we keep alternating that. But in between that, we're posting epic content. So we post anywhere between eight to 10 times a day. Now that might kind of sound insane to most people, but think of it like this. When I was in New York, I um, caught up with this guy. His name was uh, Derek and he runs a company called greatest.com. Oh, yes. And yeah, it's an amazing website and they produce content for Gen Y about health and, you know, being healthy mm-hmm. and health and fitness stuff. And I said to him, Derek, how many uniques you get a month? And he said, we get 10 million unique visitors to our website a month. I said, how wow. many pieces? I said, how many pieces of content do you produce? How many blog posts are you doing per day? How many, how many do you think he does, Ash? Uh, I would say at least 20 or 30. No, 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 not that many. They do four. They do four. Is that all? Yeah, he's got a team of (laughs) For 10 million? 10 million uniques. He's been doing this for six or seven years and they produce four blog posts a day. You know why I said 20 or 30? Because I was thinking of lifehacker.com, which probably has similar sort of visitors and they produce lots of content. Yeah, yeah. Well, these guys probably doing really good, solid, long form He's, he's probably got a lot of tricks of the trade. He's obviously a master of content and SEO. But the, I guess the point that I'm making is me or you, you know, we've got a full-time team of seven people. Yeah. We're a media company too. We don't even get nowhere near 10 million uniques a month at right. our site. And we do one epic blog post or two epic blog posts a week on the founder blog. Yep. And I think how the hell are we going to do 24, hmm. you know, a week like what he's doing? Like that's So how is he you know, doing it? He's got 30 full-time staff members, man. But I guess where I'm getting to with this, Ash, is he's producing high-quality content at scale. Mm. So it's the exact same thing that we're doing on Instagram, high-quality content at scale. Right. So that's the first part of the puzzle. You have a landing page, you alternate your offer, you ask for people to click on the link in your bio and let them know about that offer, and you post high-quality content at scale. And then the next piece of that puzzle is to find other people and influencers in particular to share your content. That's the real secret and key to growing an Instagram. Like I could talk about this all day, man. We do have a free <laughs> ebook if people want to check it out. Yes, is please. it cool if I drop a drop a lead magnet, bro? Dude, absolutely. And and also, can you talk to us uh, to our listeners about your Instagram training because I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So, if anyone wants to know more about Instagram, we do have an epic, uh, like super super in depth guide. If you go to foundermag.com forward slash free, f o u n d r m a g dot com forward slash free, you can check that out. 
And we do have a course, yes. We do have a course which is a super in-depth course. We've got hundreds and hundreds of super successful students. It's insane some of the results people are getting. We have some students that have generated millions of dollars from Instagram from following our course and training. And I never thought we were going to get into this training product stuff, but we're going full gangbusters with it now, uh, Ash. We really want to create epic courses at scale because this is what our audience is asking for. So that's a little bit about the Instagram course. It's called Instagram Domination. Uh, but if you just want some help, you just want to check out the guide. There's a lot of people that don't do the course. They just check out that guide and it's helped them you know, generate tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. We, we just want to help. So yeah, please do check that out to anyone listening. And would you like me to go back on um, how to get people to share your content and why that's so key? Absolutely. But before you do, I just want to let the listeners know that I will be sharing a link to this guide link that Nathan's just talked about on the show notes. So if you want to download the free guide that Nathan is talking about, go to foundermag.com forward slash free, and that's F-O-U-N-D-R mag.com forward slash free. I will post a link to that in the show notes. And if you want to download all the show notes with all the links we've mentioned, just go to productiveinsights.com forward slash Nathan hyphen Chan. And the surname is spelled C-H-A-N. Okay, go for it, Nathan. So talk to us about how, how you get people to share your content on Instagram. Yeah, so this is a key thing. This is how all the big brands grow really, really fast on Instagram. Have you heard of like uh, Daniel Wellington, no, that I watch haven't. company? or um, MVMT watches, or like um, Frank Body, the mm-hmm. coffee scrub. Yes. So Frank Body, right? The, these girls are superstars on Instagram. One of the biggest ways that they get so many people to buy their coffee scrub, buy their stuff, and follow their brand and really grow it is they get other influencers to share their stuff. It's all about partnerships. So it's like a mutually beneficial exchange in value. So if you sell a physical-based product or any, like even if it's a digital product, if you give that product away for free to an influencer, it's something that they want. It's a mutually beneficial exchange in value. You can cut a deal and get them to post about your product, post about your service, post about your brand or something. So what Frank Body do is they give away the coffee scrub for free, work with influencers and get them to share the content. Mm-hmm. And every time they share, that's how they grow. And that's what we've done with Founder, man, whether that's getting people to share their quotes and we share we share theirs. So we share their quotes, they share ours, uh, you know, we share we share their quote, we might have doubled the amount of followers. We share their quote, it's an epic quote or it's an epic startup tip or whatever, and then we get them to change their link in the bio and post about the free Richard Branson issue and keep it up for 24 hours. Like oh. We're constantly cutting deals. That's what it's all about, man, and uh, that's where it's at. Okay, so th- that's how you get people to share. So you, the trick is to post a link to their landing page on your bio when no, you- No, 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 no. So the fundamental thing here, Ash, is it's all about having a mutually beneficial exchange in value. For us at Founder, it's not on brand to promote other people's guides, products, services. So we don't do that. Mm -hmm. But there are people out there that don't have a product or service or, you know, they might have a big following and they, you know, they're an influencer 
and you know we might work with them where we post their content and they post ours or we might have a lot more followers than them but they still have a decent amount in our eyes that we cut a kind of deal with them. So whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether we post their quote, they post ours, they have 800,000 followers, we have 800,000 followers, we just do a straight exchange. It just mm-hmm. really depends. It could be any kind of deal, but the fundamental part of that deal is a mutually beneficial exchange in value mm-hmm. where they post our stuff and we post theirs. Or alternatively, if you're just getting started, you probably or might have to pay someone to share your stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what like a company like Daniel Wellington has, have done. And that is advertising essentially, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the fastest ways to grow. Okay, cool. All right. So now let's talk about some of the biggest challenges that your students have faced with growing on Instagram and how have they overcome it? You've got an excellent course, but I'm sure you would see people, you know, come across some common challenges over and over again. And the idea is here for our listeners to learn from those and not make those same mistakes and be able to move forward with Instagram and get it to work for them faster. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So I think one of the most biggest common challenges is people start, they get traction, they get some sales and then they stop. Or they start and they don't spend enough time, like at least, you know, a few weeks or a month to at least really test the channel out, give it a good hard crack, follow the course, follow the training, and then they stop. And that's where the problem is. I'll give you an example, right? So I love Instagram and my girlfriend, I love it so much, I'm always telling my girlfriend, you know, about business, what's happening, how awesome Instagram is. And um, about a year ago, when I first we first started crushing on Instagram, I, I was telling her and it inspired her to want to create her own Instagram account because she's really into fashion, mm-hmm. right? So in the past year, she's built up that Instagram account and she's built it up to close to 30,000 followers and wow. she's worked with all sorts of crazy brands. She gets so much free stuff in the mail. It's insane, bro. <laughs> and, and here's the thing right there, Ash. Here's the thing. At one point in time, a little while ago, she wasn't posting that much uh-huh. and the growth was slowing down and she's been a bit stagnant because she kind of like got overwhelmed with work and, you know, her full-time job and all these other things. Uh-huh. And um, that's a challenge to to stay on top of posting and having that consistent content going out and stopping. I think the biggest key thing is, especially with any channel, whether it's podcasting, like we were talking off air, whether it's social media, whether it's blogging, whatever it is, if you start a channel, you get traction, you never stop. Because the moment you stop, that's when you lose. And that's, that's a common challenge that I've seen our students, the ones that do face it, it's sometimes difficult for them to overcome is they get a little bit of traction and then they fall off the bandwagon because it is tough, man. It is Mm. tough to produce. Like you said to me offline, there's so many different channels. You're guilty of trying too many. Mm. Like how do you stick on it, man? That's the the toughest thing, dude. Like just that relentless focus, that relentless consistency. And I think discipline is, you know, a really big thing here. And the discipline to actually focus on one thing at a time, get it working, automate it, outsource, 
the ongoing manufacturing of the podcast episodes to the extent that you can, of course. And then once you've got that happening, then maybe move on to another channel. But until then, stick to that and really nail it. Mm, exactly, dude. Exactly. So that's one thing I think we've done really well at Founder Ash um, that's really helped us is when we start something and it works, we set up a system and we never stop, just like our Instagram. It never stops, just like our podcast. Every single week, man, on a Thursday, boom, new podcast goes out. Same with the magazine. Middle of every month, you get a magazine issue if you subscribe. The blog post, every single Tuesday, Jonathan's going to write or someone in our team or, or we'll get an epic, in-depth, 2,000, 3,000-word-plus blog post to you in your inbox every single Tuesday. And we're going to let you know. We're going to publish it. Every single Thursday, we do a webinar to call traffic for certain products. And every single Thursday, you know, it, it just never stops, man. Um, and, and the moment you stop, that's, that's when growth slows down. That's how you lose. If you keep doing that stuff and just keep adding, like you think of it like building a house, you just keep adding the bricks in yep. your company, your business is going to grow. Your, your influence, your reach, your lead, your sales is going to grow. But you have to be super disciplined. You have to be extremely consistent. And you never stop. And that's kind of like what I've done with Founder to get it to the point where it is now, Ash. And I think I'm just scratching the surface, man, is when I was in my day job, I just focused on the magazine. Mm-hmm. So for a year, dude, we had a one-page website. For one year, we had a one-page website. No one had heard of us. Like, you know, we had a few thousand readers of the magazine and I had to build it up to replace the income of my day job so I could pay myself a small salary and still replace operating costs. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any social media presence. We didn't even write any blogs. We did nothing, dude. All I did was focus every single month on producing an epic magazine issue for our readers, even yep. if we only had one reader. The first day we launched, we had we made $5, so we had two readers. By the end of that month, we made $80, so we had maybe 10 readers. And then I just kept focusing on that magazine. Then once I left my job, you know, I was looking for more channels. I launched a podcast and I started focusing on Instagram in November 2014. Ever since, right to this day right now, we've built it up. We've built it up, built it up. You know, this time last year, we started on really focusing on content and blogging. Now we get a lot of traffic to our website. You know, 18 months ago, we started focusing on list building. You know, now we have a decent-sized email list. The, the growth isn't slowing down. Now we you know, have more and more products and we do cold webinars, webinars to cold traffic every single week. We never stop. So can you see how I just keep adding to these building yes. blocks, man? Absolutely. It's like yes. just you know, adding, as our friend James Schramko says, adding multiple hooks to your trawler, your fishing trawler, and you just you know, keep adding more and more and more and it just you catch more and more and more fish. Yep, exactly right, bro. So yeah, that's, that's all we're doing, man. Discipline, consistency. You play this kind of game where it's just content, you just got to be so focused, so disciplined and just go above and beyond, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, somebody else who produces epic content at scale is uh, Neil Patel. I find that he produces a lot of good quality blog posts with a lot of information in them and he is producing at least a couple a week. I don't know how he does it. He presumably has writers to do it, but he's doing a great job of it. Yeah, he does do a very, very good job of it. I actually... Funny story, um, I connected with him a while back and um, 
yeah, he told like, he he told me how what's up and and how he does it, and uh, yeah, he has a lot of writers helping him. Yeah, mm. and Dan Norris is another friend of ours, and he does a lot of fantastic content as well. WP Curve, it's really great. I've had him twice on the show. So. Yeah, yeah, Dan's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I love Dan. He's awesome. Dan's very, very great content marketer. I got a tip for people if if they're interested. Yeah, please, um, man. This is something that we're gonna do to um, really scale up our content. So we got. We've got a part-time editor that edits, does the editing for the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a content manager. His name's Jonathan, and uh, he's full-time on content. And then we've got a publishing assistant who manages the magazine, Asia, and she manages the magazine, does a bit of content for us. And what we're going to do, um, I'm actually going to sit down with Jonathan after this call. What we're going to do is we're going to go to the Pro Blogger job board. That's one of the best oh, yes. places I've found to find yes. writers. Yes. And we're just going to get at least two to three writers, pay a few hundred dollars per article, get two to three, and get them to commit to doing one article per week. So that mm-hmm. means we've got an extra three to four pieces that we can put on our blog or somebody else's per week. It's only going to cost us a few thousand dollars per month. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to do content at much higher scale, bro. Mm, absolutely. I couldn't agree. Instead of hiring someone full-time, you can find amazing writers on the pro blogger job board. We've found some really, really talented people. So I reckon that's where it's at. That's what we're going to do, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've used uh, pro blogger to find writers before and I've had really good quality writers apply. That, by the way, is Darren Rouse's. So for those who are listening, it's Darren Rouse's website. And I interviewed Darren Rouse in episodes 73 and 74, I think. So he shared some great tips on content as well. Okay, so let's talk a bit about some of the books that have had the biggest impact on you, Nathan, and why. Probably two that come to mind as Ready, Fire, Aim. Oh, yes, um, yep. That's a really, really good book. I think it's it's really, really a powerful book when you want to think about scale. Mm-hmm. I love that book. It's a book that I've read recently that I really, really like. A couple that really set the scene for me that really got me into doing what I'm doing today was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. and also Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. I'm currently quarter way through The E-Myth. Oh, yes. I, I don't really read that many books that much anymore, to be honest. Ash, I find it difficult to finish a book. Yep. I don't know why. I I more listen to podcasts, man. But, yeah, they're, they're, those are some books that are great that I'm, cool. I'm finding really helping. Hey, something I just remembered, one tool that I find really good for Instagram or that I really like anyway is WordSwag. Have you used that? Yeah, man. That's a boss tool. If you like WordSwag, you should also check out Typorama. That's a really good one. I reckon that one's better than WordSwag. Oh, cool. T-Y-P-O-R-A-M-A. Cool. I'll definitely check that out, man. I look forward to checking it out. I love playing with these sorts of apps. I was playing around with Instagram for a bit and I didn't have a lot of success and I focused, ended up focusing on other things. But yeah, and I'm not going to go back to it. I'll check out Typorama, but I'm not going to go back to it until I've got my other tools really humming and then I'll go back to Instagram. That's probably going to be one of the next ones on my list, I think. Yeah, look, I think what's important, Ash, Ash is, is you just find a channel, set up a funnel, set up that pipeline and just start crushing it, man. Just like it's all about, you know, focus and speed. And um, for us, we've got some really good funnels. They're doing amazingly well. 
And, um, you know, things are doing well. We're, we're providing a lot of value and it's working. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think one channel at a time, man. Okay. Now, another little tip for the listeners. If you're uploading videos to Facebook, uploading videos natively, I believe, into Facebook works better than sending a link from YouTube. Is that correct, Nathan? Yes, I believe that to be correct. Yes. So if you're going to upload videos to Facebook, you would want to go into Facebook and upload it as an MP4 file directly into Facebook. And the algorithms will probably rank your video higher than if you posted a YouTube link within Facebook. Now, this is my favorite part, the action section. So I've taken some notes as you've been talking, Nathan, and I've got a little action plan for listeners. So the key steps are, the key steps to getting your Instagram account up and running, uh, have a landing page, which you will send people to and include that in your bio. Try and use good quality tools like WordSwag or Typorama to create your Instagram posts. Use quotes because people tend to love quotes. Create high quality content and do it at scale. And in the case of Instagram, I'm assuming it would be high quality content that is good quality quotes that really you know, shift a person's mindset or make an impact on a person enough for them to want to share it. And that leads to the next point, which is find other influencers who really want to share your content and strike deals of value for value exchange to get them to share your content within Instagram if you can, because that is a secret to growth. Yep, that's a lot there, man. Um, one thing I will say is I don't believe that you have to post quotes. This is this is one thing that I find um that I really, really wanted to just make sure we get clear on okay. the action set. Whatever you post, it has to be quality stuff that your audience loves. It has to be cool stuff. It has to be valuable stuff. And it has to look good. The mm-hmm. aesthetics have to be amazing, man, because Instagram is a very visual-based platform. So you don't have to post quotes. It just depends on what the niche or market is that you serve. Right. If you have a watch brand, you don't just post flat out quotes. Of course, yes. Watches that are yours, that look awesome and other cool stuff. Beautiful images, yep. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good point. Thank you for pointing that out. So yes, it depends completely on your audience and you have to post content that your audience absolutely loves and feels compelled to share. This is actually something very similar that Rand Fishkin said when I interviewed him about SEO and he was saying, you know, Today's SEO is about creating good quality content that people want to share. Yeah, I totally agree with your point about ultimately delivering value. Is there anything else I should have asked you, Nathan, that I forgot to ask or didn't ask? Nah, we covered a lot there, man. Cool. Well, how do listeners find out more about you and what URL can they go to connect with you or find out more about your Instagram course? Yeah, look, if people want to know more about us, you can go to foundermag.com, F-O-U-N-D-R-Mag.com. If you want to know more about Instagram, uh, just go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-Mag.com forward slash free, download the free ebook. If you enjoyed the ebook, think that you would want more help, you can definitely go to igdomination.com. 
However, uh, if people do want a special discount, uh, by all means, just you can you can email our support team, uh, support at foundermag.com, F-O-U-N-D-R-Mag.com, and uh, just let them know that you uh, listened to uh, this podcast with Ash, and uh, we'll look after you. That's very kind of you, Nathan. I really appreciate you offering that special deal to our audience. I will definitely post all these links, including that email address in the show notes. So listeners can take advantage of that. And if you want to get your downloadable PDF of the show notes, so you can take it away and share it with whoever, you just go to productiveinsights.com forward slash Nathan hyphen Chan. Thanks so much for being on the show, Nathan. It was awesome to have you. And I'd love to have you back again one day to hear how you're going with Snapchat. Yeah, most definitely, Ash. Look, thank you so much for having me, man. It's uh, a real pleasure. I'm, I'm really honored that you invite me on. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, dude. You're most welcome. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 